Welcome back to Cognac and Conspiracies. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jade. Hey, and thank you guys for coming back to another week. We have a couple of announcements. First off, I'm going to do this at the beginning. We are Cognac Conspiracies on Instagram. <laughs> We're Cognac Conspiracies at gmail.com. <laughs> because I feel like I cut podcasts early sometimes. Oh, me too. So I feel like oh, yeah. that if oh, I yeah. keep doing it at the end, people won't find mm. us. But yeah. Um, we are going to be happy holidays, but we're going to be taking a break around like next week for the Christmas and New, New Year's Year, theme. Kwanzaa. Yeah, so we're not coming back next week. We're not coming back till the twelfth of January. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna take a few weeks off and enjoy our holidays, and we'll see y'all in january yeah. after this here episode so, so last episode of the year mm-hmm. don't be damning us talking about you gonna upload nah i ain't gonna no, upload till the 12th we're not doing that <laughs> so binge the old stuff there's some gems so. yeah there's some gems yeah every 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 episode's a gem yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so just want to let y'all know that but yeah jade it's your turn okay okay so i should have checked our dms before starting the episode uh, maybe we'll find it. But somebody, a long-time listener, remember who it was, they DM'd us asking if we could do episodes about people who were wrongfully convicted. Oh, yes. Okay, so shout-out to Senjay Kasey. Sorry, I know I pronounced that wrong. It didn't even sound right saying it, but I don't believe those social teachers who are like S-E-N-A-Y-K-H-S-A-Y. <laughs> but yeah, DM me how to pronounce it, and I'll, and I'll get it right. But um. But yeah, he's the one who suggested um, we do episodes about people who are wrongfully convicted. So I took that suggestion, and today we are going to talk about the case of Anthony Broadwater. And I don't know if you heard about it because it's been the media. This is super um, recent, like last month. Um, not last month. Yeah, no, this is December, so November. So yeah. I, I don't you ever heard of this? No. You might have heard of it about something else. Like I said, it's a little bit tricky, but you might have heard about it in a different way. Maybe. Let's yeah, we can get into know, it. I don't know this. Sorry to this man. I don't know this man. Yeah. But, okay, so today, even though we are talking about Anthony Broadwater, our story actually begins with 18-year-old Alice Siebold. And this may trigger your memory. So, if you don't know, Alice Siebold is an American author um, who most famously wrote The Lovely Bones. Oh, yeah, yeah I've read that book. Yeah, so The Lovely Bones actually made the New York Times bestsellers, and it was extremely successful. It even was made into a movie in 2010, which ended up, like, grossing millions of dollars. But before The Lovely Bones, Alison Siebel actually wrote a book in 1999 called Lucky, and it was a memoir of her life. And the book was not a media success, but it actually started to sell millions of copies after The Lovely Bones. So people liked that, so they picked up her first book, Lucky, and then that book kind of skyrocketed as well, getting like, you know, it has some good and some bad reviews. Okay. So the book was a, was a memoir of Allison's life, and it basically talked about the events that occurred her freshman year at Syracuse University. And during her freshman year at Syracuse University, she actually was brutally raped and assaulted. Yikes. Yeah. So during the early morning of May 8, 1981, she was walking home through a tunnel at the university when she was assaulted and raped. And one thing about the book people like and dislike is that the rape is described in graphic detail. Um, so I'm not going to really go into it, but it was super gruesome. Some of the really gruesome parts that I picked out from excerpts was that during the whole, like, assault, she was hit by the man. Like, she was struck multiple times. Um, she was forced to give him oral sex, as well as at one point even peed on her. Oh! And again, she was brutally raped. Like, it, it, like for someone to just, you know, come on a college campus, obviously this was extremely traumatic. 
And like I said, we're going to talk about the case, but one thing to really note and pause right here is that the events of Alice's rape are not disputed. So a lot of things that happen further on are disputed, but there is no dispute and no type of gray area regarding the actual rape of Alice. So that unfortunately did happen. She should have bit it off. Yeah, but like I said, she was an 18-year-old girl. I don't know where I'm she not came I'm from. I'm not blaming her. I'm just oh, saying yeah. that nigga deserved to get his dick bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, obviously, you're a freshman, your first time being alone. This was extremely traumatizing for her. So, she yeah. went to the police. Um, like I said, all of this is, like, noted, marked down, so it's not really to be debated. But she went in, got the rape kit done on her, an examination, um, you know, did the whole police report, and basically reported her rape to the police. Mm-hmm. So, after that, again... It was really, really shocking, and essentially the the part part is that they did a sweep, and basically no one had been found. So the, initially there were no suspects found. The police did a sweep of the area, and nobody came up meeting the description of who had raped Alice. So he got away with this? Yeah. So wow. it was really shocking. That all like I said, this is a lot to take in, and they actually, she actually ended up going home. So after the event, she ended up going back to her parents' house and basically staying there for a little while to recover. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a great time there because her mother basically, like, it said that her mother really struggled with anxiety herself, so she couldn't handle hearing the tragic events of what happened to her. So she felt really isolated from her family because she couldn't talk to anybody. Um, She eventually ended up reaching out to a therapist, and there she was diagnosed with PTSD and hypervigilance from the events. So prior to the rape, she actually held a night job on campus, and obviously she no longer felt safe attending that, so she quit that job. She picked up a drug and a drinking habit to try to cope with it. And again, the events of the whole rape really changed her. But she, even like fighting through this, struggling this, she didn't let it, she was determined to not let it define her future. So she decided she was gonna go back to Syracuse University. Like the next semester. The same university? Yeah, the same semester. I think it was like the fall, basically she came back. Mm -hmm. So she comes back to the area and she basically is walking around the campus during the daytime. And she says in the book that she basically was walking around Syracuse and she says she spotted the man that was her rapist. What the hell? So she's walking around, she sees her rapist, and she says the minute they locked eyes, she could tell the man knew her. So the man actually comes up and speaks to her and says, don't I know you, girl? And Alice says that that literally, like, is her rapist. So she went and brought this information, like, immediately after the whole thing, she brought it to the police, and finally the investigation gets moving. So she goes to the police station... So I'm just all the man, and the police do a sweep of base of the area looking for a tall black man with flat facial features. I don't even know what that means, but they're looking for people who meet the description, right? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know what that means. Yeah, so police go out, like I said, she just saw him at a specific location. Police go out trying to find this man, right? And this is where we meet Anthony Broadwater. So Anthony Broadwater, a young black man, happened to be in the same area the same day at where Al says she had seen her rapist. Thus, oh, no. Anthony was brought in and arrested and brought into a police lineup. Hmm. So again, let it be noted here that they don't know for a fact that Anthony is even the man that approached Alice. He was a black man who just happened to meet the description around the area when Alice had seen him. So at this point, we don't even know if he's the man who said, don't I know you, girl? We don't even know if that's him. Like, we don't know that. <laughs> Maybe this is problematic, but I'm like... I'm so. Is Miss Lovely Bones prob- the problem? Yikes! I love the Lovely Bones. I yeah, a lot of people said we'll get to it, but a lot of people are rethinking their invest. Well, we like I said we can talk about that because it's very. It's almost like one of those like, what's the word when people talk to you about like oh like a train's coming at a bunch of kids 
Like, do you sacrifice yourself? Let the kids get. You know, you ever see those like law, those like moral dilemmas? Damn. Yeah. The more we get into it, it's really hard because like we're talking about like a young girl who was like literally like she said she got diagnosed with hypervigilance, and I do think that like it is a bit of mental illness that she. You know, a bit of the trauma of the rape oh, that she was walking around and the, the black man, she's all, did he, was he really her rapist or was she really traumatized? You know what I mean? And the fact that the guy came up and said, don't I know you, girl? I don't know if your rapist would come up to you and be like, don't I know you, girl? You know what I mean? I don't know. But I mean, I'm sure she did. Anytime you write a book like The Lovely Bone, something going on there. If you read it. I didn't you know. read it. You didn't read it? Mm-hmm. You know what it's about? Mm-hmm. Oh, a little girl. Wait, not a little girl. I think a teenage girl gets like kidnapped and raped and killed. And then like her ghost or something tells the story and watches her family. I know the gist of it, but I actually never seen it. It's any gruesome of it. though. It's like not gruesome. It's like what well, it is. Um, it's um, very detailed and like just very detailed traumatic things in the book and the movie. Um, the movie was actually scary to me, but I, yeah, I love most of that. Yeah, but yeah, she she definitely got something going on for a good reason. I mean, shit, damn, I ain't even know all this backstory. But, but yeah, but I, like I said, um, the man they got in, it was never even confirmed that Anthony was the guy who approached her on the university. But again, like she really is going through a lot of traumatic things. So, who knows? But the police took it seriously, and they put the men in the lineup, and obviously Anthony Broadwater was in the lineup. So, all the men line up. There's, like, five of them lined up, and they, like, all have on similar clothes, whatever, whatever. And in the book, she says that she picked out man number five. So, the the last guy on the end, right? Mm -hmm. And man number five is not Anthony Broadwater. And she says in the book that she picked that man out the lineup because the expression in his eyes told me that if we were alone, if there were no wall between us, he would call me by my name and then kill me. So she says the guy she picked, guy number five, that's that's how she knew he was. What does that even mean? I don't know. Does he is he is it does he look like him or doesn't he? Let me so I have so I have the well, let me explain this first, then I'll show you the picture of the lineup, right? Okay. So after making her selection she basically tells the prosecution like hey like i'm picking guy number five right and the prosecution actually tells alice you picked the wrong person and her response is that she says the two men looked identical man four and man number five looked identical so she couldn't really determine which one was the rapist because they look so quickly so as soon as they call her out she kind of starts to backtrack she's like well they look alike so you know i don't really know and in response to that, the prosecution actually tells Alice that the two men, Broadwater, Anthony Broadwater, and the man she picked were actually friends. And the guy showed up, number five, like Anthony told him to show up and make really crazy, like aggressive faces to confuse Alice to get her to actually pick guy number five. And the prosecution tells her that, which, which is a lie, that's a lie, but the prosecution tells her that, and she backtracks on her story. And she even says in her book that the prosecution coached her into picking Anthony. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let me show the picture. I'm not shocked. All right, let's see the photos. Let me make, let me make a note of where I am, but of these identical-looking black men. Right, identical? Like, I'm like, I'm, they might look similar, but... It's kind of small. Let me try to make it bigger. Oh, okay. So the, it has like a note of it, but the last guy is the guy she picked, and then the guy Anthony Broadwater is who they kind of try to look convince different. her. They do look different, right? They look different. They're not even no, the same. They look different. They don't look. Just, they don't. They look different. I mean, they're both black. They look very different to shorter. Me. Yeah, but yeah. they they're they don't. They look definitely different. look different. I definitely can tell the difference. <laughs> but yeah, but like she, ma'am, uh, no, most notably, one's head is extremely pointy, but. <laughs> I guess if you're getting raped, you wouldn't notice a pointy head. But 
Jesus that nigga's head pointy as it fuck. It is pointy. <laughs> He's like Conan. But yeah, no, they're not on But they don't get But basically, the prosecution coached Alice into picking Anthony Broadwater. Even mm-hmm. though he was not the guy she picked, she was coached into changing her selection to Anthony. Mm-hmm. Thus, Anthony was actually tried with the rape of Alice Siebold. Yes. So during the trial, Alice actually takes the stand and she identifies Anthony as her rapist, even though he was not the guy she picked out of the lineup. Secondly, when Alice went to police um, after her rape, they did get a microscopic pubic hair, like from the rapist, or they believed they had got a microscopic pubic hair, pubic hair, and they were able to tie that hair to Anthony. So, with those two pieces of uh, wait, so they found his pubic hair at the scene. Is that what you're telling me? Allegedly, they found his. They found a pubic hair that they could link to him. So they did the DNA. The I don't want to say DNA analysis. They did an analysis, and yeah, they were able to like basically identify that that pubic hair belonged to him. That's interesting. But he did he go to Syracuse though? He lived in the area. He lived in the area. I don't think pubic hair just floats around the. Yeah, stuff. right. So that's very so, yeah. specific. But yeah, but they found it. They linked. They were able to link it to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with those two pieces of evidence, like I said at the time, right, you found the pubic hair that can be matched to him. That's kind of outstanding evidence. It was found a rape victim. Okay. Um, that he actually was convicted of rape and I don't know what sodomy is, but he was convicted of rape and sodomy. That's when we, we put it in somebody's butt. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god, really? Yeah, I'm I didn't even sure. know that. But yeah, that's a. Uh, pretty sure that's what that means. So, okay, yeah. but yeah, but he was convicted of both of those, um, or found guilty, whatever. And he was sentenced to eight to 25 years in prison. Um, through the whole sentence, he actually did maintain his innocence. Um, he tried to get parole five times, but he was denied because he refused to ever confess to the crimes. So he basically had to stay in there. He At- never confessed? No, he never confessed. Um, he maintained his innocence the whole mm-hmm. time and said it was not him. After 16 years in prison, he was released New Year's Day of 1999. Even though he was released from prison, though, he was placed on the New York Sex Offender Registry. Hmm. Obviously, this left a permanent mark on his life, and he was unable to get certain jobs because he was a sex offender. He basically had to leave everything behind. Um, he had a really hard time making income after this because of, you know, the mark left on him. He also said that he made a point to always have a night job after the fact because he never wanted to be able to be accused of a crime like this again. Like, he always wanted to have an alibi. So he basically made sure he always had a night job. Oh, okay. okay. So no one could say, like, oh, it was him because he'd be like, no, I was at work. Like, he always had an alibi. Um, He did end up getting married um, to a woman who, like, believed his story and felt that Anthony was telling the truth. But he said even with that, they had, like, a lot of horrible fights about having kids because he never wanted to have kids and bring kids into the world with basically the reputation he had, like, obtained. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not you. So, yeah. So, with all of that, this is where things get funky. So, I don't really know when production started, but Netflix decided they were going to make a movie out of the book Lucky. Oh, okay. So the book that details Alice's rape, Netflix is like, we want to make a, a movie about this, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to make a film adaptation. And they basically hire this guy, Tim Musiante, Mucciante, again, pronunciation is my jam. Basically, they hired Tim, right? So they hired Tim as an executive producer of Just Tim. Just Tim, period. That's it. Like Prince, Tim. <laughs> um, but they hire him to do the film, right? And basically, he gets the first draft of the script, and Tim is like, things aren't right. So he reads it and he's like, the script doesn't match the book. 
And there's some pretty big discrepancies, as well as he found it hard to follow. Like, there were so many details left out, he couldn't follow it. Mm -hmm. So he basically was like, hey, like, we need a new script. Like, we have to, like, figure this out. We can't really make a movie from this. Mm -hmm. And he really started to do his own investigation, kind of like, like, what's up with this? Like, trying Mm -hmm. to fill the holes himself. Mm -hmm. So he started to do the investigation on Alice's rape. And he actually couldn't find anything about it, right? But because this is because Allison had actually renamed Anthony in the book. So she had renamed Anthony Gregory Madison in the book. And she had told the production cast, and I feel like everybody, that that was his real name. And you're looking up stuff, and there obviously is no Gregory Madison, like who lived in Syracuse. So this was a really big red flag for Tim. And he kind of was like, okay, I'm going to keep digging, right? But as that's kind of unfolding, the black actor who was hired to play, I guess, Gregory... He actually quit because he found the role to be too stereotypical. Like, he found it to be, like... He's like, even if it is a true story, I just don't really want to portray this person. Yeah, because it's giving, like, um, black, like, horror. Like, when they saw it, oh, the black man going to creep in the corner and rape the white woman and things like that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and that's kind of, like, a lot of the... So, like I said, the book gets positive and negative reviews. And a lot of the negative reviews of the book... Is that again? This is like I said the mm, the thing about no one no one denies she got raped, but the thing is that the, uh, the the stereotype that a and this is how the problem is that most rapes don't occur like this, mm. but it kind of paints the picture of the stereotypical thing that happens: a black stranger rapes you, um, a young you know white girl, and people also say that it kind of makes it how to say it makes it seem like it's not as difficult as it is to actually prosecute a rapist. Because then she immediately gets the rape kick done. Five months later, they find her rapist. The rapist goes to jail and Alice becomes like a millionaire. And people are like, that kind of rhetoric is like hard to relate to because that's not what happens in a lot of people's rape cases. Like one, a lot of people are not raped by random strangers. Two, a lot of people, they don't get that justice where they find that rapist less than a year later. The rapist gets prosecuted, sent to jail. Like that's not a story that most people have. So it gets, you know... Then it don't even, it's not even, I mean, I'm making an assumption, but, but I mean, I see how someone could say it's not relatable, but it's like that, but that's what happened to her though. Yeah. Like, story regardless, story. yeah regardless of um, whether or not she got the wrong guy or not, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But to say like, oh, you shouldn't write this book because this is not what usually happens. It's like, yeah. well, that's what happened to me, though. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to write yeah. about. It has, it has other uh, complaints, too, about how, you know, how she chooses to write about okay. the black rapist and things like that. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, but it definitely it has it has mixed reviews, to okay. say the least. But yeah. But again, so then, like I said, the black actor who was... Either way, like I said, I feel like he just, you know, even if it is the truth, he was like, I don't really want to play this I'm role. not about to be the boogeyman for you. Basically. Yeah, so if you want to say, even if like maybe he's trying to get into acting, they didn't say who it was, but he was like, yeah, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So the director actually suggested, because I feel like the director itself um, was like, yeah, this probably is pretty stereotypical. We might not be able to get another black actor for this. And they actually start to try to recast Gregory or Anthony as a white man. Hmm. But Tim disagrees saying, like you said, this is the real life story and he wanted to be as accurate as possible. So he was not going to stand for that. Okay. With this, Tim actually was fired as executive producer for the movie. And it's said that he actually was fired over funding issues. But it seemed like there was a lot going on on the cast, on the site. And that's why he was fired. But it is said that he was fired over um, money stuff. Okay. So he was fired. But, But this still, like, this really still had a tinge in his head. And he really, like 
didn't give up. So even though he's no longer assassin in the movie, he actually hired a private investigator to look into the case. Hmm. Um, even though he's no longer trapped, like I feel like it just he was just like, what's happening? And mm-hmm. he just wanted, I guess, it was keeping him up at night. Yeah. Uh, so he hired a private investigator, and the private investigator did it, like found the court records and found Anthony Broadwater. So even though the guy's name was Gregory Madison, they did their research and they found out his name was actually Anthony Broadwater and found him. So once they found Anthony, a few more discrepancies came out. So one, in the book, Alice talks about the fact that her rapist had a criminal past, which is a lie because Anthony actually had no criminal record. So see where it starts to get kind of stereotypical. Mm. Two, in the book, Alice at one point says that even though after Gregory Madison was sentenced, a hit was put out on her and her roommate, and her roommate was also unfortunately a victim of rape. But somehow all that gets still wrapped up in the fact that after, I guess, Alice had put him in prison, he tried to put a hit out on them, like, hmm. where she was living. But that, in fact, also, like, never happened. Okay. So those are two main discrepancies. And when they found Anthony, wild enough, Anthony actually didn't know the book existed. And he really didn't know that it had sold millions of copies. So he was unaware that Alice had basically jump-started her career about a book that kind of ended his career. Like, the same book, or the same, I guess, story... They now has this man. And when they found him, he basically was in like a shanty apartment. Like living in really bad conditions. And meanwhile, like she's a millionaire in San Francisco. And it says she hasn't written anything in years. Because she's been living so well off the lovely bones that she hasn't had to write anything. Yeah, that she... I didn't know her name. But um, yeah, when you said the lovely bones, I'm like, oh yes. Mm-hmm. I know that one. That That's good. Like you said, they've made a Hollywood adaptation of it and... Yeah, it was very popular. So yeah. I believe she's very rich. That's crazy. Yeah, and he really is living like, like I said, he's working multiple end, like jobs, trying to get something, has no kids, gave up the right to have kids. And I said, as more details started to came out, Tim was kind of like, did they, did he give up the right to have kids in court? Quick sidebar, because is that a, is that oh, a thing? Oh, I don't think he did. I think he just, I think oh, he, he just, just voluntarily never had children. I think it is a thing, but he, I don't think he did that. Okay. He just voluntarily, um, but yeah. All right. And I said, with all this brewing, what's his name tim he basically was like let me look deeper into the case because he even said like he never doubted um her rape he doubted like the events of the court case and like how those things went down like after um the events happened and i saw a tiktok where i couldn't find the actual quote but i found a tiktok i should link where the girl said that basically like in the book alice says that in the middle of her trial the judge actually came out and like spoke with her I basically asked her to go talk with him alone and that would like never happen. So there's like all types of lies like surfacing around this case. So she she gave it a little she gave it a little zhuzh for the sake yeah. of yeah. the book. Yeah. I, is what I'm she gathering. She gave it some razzle dazzle. Yeah. It's like okay, yes, you did get raped and yes, that's horrible, and I'm sure that man did do all these things for you to you. Um, but you're you're giving a little extra so that it can be a bestseller type shit. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So I talked to Anthony and basically to this day, Anthony still um, maintains his innocence. And like I said, with Tim and the private rescue, like now kind of having like money on his side, they actually started to really look into the case and they found that the science that was used to link the pubic hair to Anthony is now actually considered junk science um, by the department of justice. So it's no longer like valid science um, that can like no longer be held in court. As well as they also, you know, talk to people and kind of discover the fact that, yeah, like Alice had actually never identified Anthony Broadwater until she was in court. So she never, like I said, she didn't, the police didn't apprehend, he wasn't the guy who talked to her. They didn't apprehend him at the scene. Like basically they're like, 
she was coerced into saying that Anthony was a rapist, but she herself could never pick him out until the day she was sitting in court. And that kind of, you know, like demeans her, like that kind of, what is it? Puts a smut. Yeah. Diminishes, um, her whole testimony. Mm -hmm. So with all of that and Tim's excellent work, um, I don't know the day, but November, 2021, Anthony Broadway was actually exonerated by the Mm. Supreme court on um, New York Supreme Court justice at 61 years old. So basically even though he had been Child. out of yeah, so even though he had been out of jail, he has now lived the majority of his life as a sex offender. So they have now wiped that from him, but he basically said he never had kids. He was unable to get, you know, a good paying job. Basically everything was ripped from under him because of this case. He maintained his innocence. And since this never happened to him, like, I mean, not never happened to him. He never did it. He was never the guy. He was, the rapist is probably walking free today. And let it be noted, let it be noted that the title of the book is called Lucky because when Alice went to the police, they actually told her that she was lucky because another girl was raped in the same tunnel and was killed. So there was an active person who had done this to somebody else before. So I'm like, what? They didn't like put the two and two together to try to cooperate or not cooperate, kind of put the two rapes together. So it's so wild. They like either the rapist is still out there living a grand life or what. But either way, he wasn't the guy, never was the guy. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rapist might be, um, Shit, he might be in jail. He might have eventually. He might be in jail already. Yeah, he might, might, he might he have might, eventually got yeah. caught, but they don't know that you also did these other things over here. Mm-hmm. He might have got caught for something different, but because I feel like that's what tends to happen. Um, but because if you're if you're foul enough to rape, like brutally rape people and kill people, you are gonna keep doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and then they did the same caught. spot. He had a whole system to it. Yeah. Like for all we know, other people were victims after the whole thing, and it was never Anthony and. Like I said, Anthony was, he said that he doesn't have any bitter or malice towards Alice Siebold. Um, She did, and said, I don't know these people's lives. She did make a statement a week after he was released. Um, I don't know if they have privately talked, but basically she said that she had struggled with the role that she, well, I'll say it. So she basically said that she was struggling with the role that she had unintentionally played within a system that sent a innocent black man to jail read between the lines and basically he was brutalized by our flawed legal system i will forever be sorry for what was done to him so again she cut him a check that's what i'm saying so again i don't know if she actually then reached out so that was the public statement but we don't know and he hasn't um said that she has privately reached out it hasn't like i said this is all very new so maybe by now um she's reached out and try to do this but i hope she didn't write some statement from san francisco send it to cnn and And then never talk to this man directly because yeah and that's why i feel like it's such like uh and it's weird because it's so weird because if you go online and google it there are articles that basically say like one there's like many articles that are like it's not her fault like basically there's one that said don't blame like alice siebold and i feel like i get that because like she clearly should have brought like her therapist statement and said like, Hey, I'm not in sound mind. You're picking people out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the part for me that makes me be like, she isn't really scotch free of it. And other people said this is that even if when you were 18, you were traumatized and you sent this man to jail, she sat back her whole life and took the money from the books 
took the lovely bones money and never looked back to find out what happened to Anthony. And I feel like she never had it in her mind that that wasn't the guy. She just kind of like settled in that decision and kept pushing. And I think for me, as I got older and got maturity, and it is a hard thing to do, but I feel like I hope I'd be that strong as I got older. I know I would actually. That I, as I got older, I would say, you know what? I think I sent, I roundfully like convicted a man and sent him to jail. And I feel like, like I don't know her inner thoughts, but the weird part is to think that, because she's in her 60s too now, mm-hmm. that she basically just never thought again, like what happened to this man when you knew he wasn't the guy? This is such a tough one. It's a really tough one because she was mentally, like I said, like I feel like the somebody should have been like, oh, this woman's not fit to testify because she had had a drug problem, a drinking problem. She had been basically like really not in a good mental state. Like I said, the whole fact that the minute she gets back on campus, she spots a black man and that's her rapist. I feel like if I was her therapist, I'd be like, that seems like, like I said, the hypervigilance thing. Like, but it's like one of those things where it's like you could say that, but like it, in hindsight, like once you know what happened, but like when you're talking to someone and they're describing like this brutal thing that happened, to them, you're not going to say, oh, you're lying. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I feel like as a therapist, I wouldn't say, oh, you're lying. But if I was, again, I'm not a therapist. I don't know about this. But I don't know if they should have gone along with letting her pick the guy to the lineup, then flip on it when she's clearly, like, traumatized. Yeah. Like, she's a young girl who her first time out of home, she got brutally raped. She can't even identify the guy, but we're moving forward. Like, we're pushing along when she could never, ever identify him. I'd be like, maybe we'll come back tomorrow or come back in a week and bring new people and see if she picks the same guy again. But she clearly couldn't identify. She clearly didn't know what he looked like. Yeah. Like, to anybody else. And it was, I mean, stark. Maybe she could. Right. Maybe she, she literally could said, not. Yeah. yeah. And that someone else said that. They said it. But again, I feel like she was traumatized and she just wanted whatever. But somebody else was like, you know, you can literally say, like, I don't recognize any of these people from the lineup. Yeah. Like. That's what I would, I would think that she should say. Like, if you don't, if you're not sure, just say, like, I'm not sure. And if you never, I guess, get justice, that would be fucked up. But. Um, He's trying to jump just, for his life. I just feel that if you are not sure about something, you shouldn't be sure about it. But also, I won't be too bad on her since you told me this was recent. Mm-hmm. So she might have it in her. Yeah, uh, we don't know. Head we don't to know. Cut him a check or something yeah. like that. I mean, honestly, she shouldn't have to be the one to cut him a check. The system should do that. But yeah. they be doing stupid shit like, oh, I know you were in jail for 16 years, but here's $10,000. This yeah. is what the fuck I'm going to do with $10,000. It's not a ton of money, but normally when you do get exonerated like that, the mm-hmm. state does get write you a check. So I don't know um, if he has that in the works or whatever. Like, I haven't seen it mint anywhere. But I do know that they have. So one, the film adaptation has been indefinitely paused. And it's crazy because the girl from You was supposed to play Alice. What's her oh, Victoria something? What's her name? Yeah. What's her? I don't know her name, but um, Love. Yeah, but she left, she left the project as well as the distribution of the book Lucky has stopped until the book can be revised, um, which, is, like I said, is weird because they're kind of admitting that But she doesn't even it. use his name, though. Yeah, but I guess, you know, it's, it's printed as a nonfiction, like, memoir. So oh. I guess now it's kind of been brought up that there is... You know, there's some exaggerations in there that they are going to have to redact those portions of it mm-hmm. or probably put like a forward mm-hmm. um, saying. Because you, you know what I mean? Like you can't be unbiased and keep printing the book and not put what had happened. It, you have, mm-hmm. I feel you have to write your wrong and say the man who was convicted of this, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe once they do put that um, redaction in there, Anthony will get paid from proceeds of the book 
or I don't know, but like I said, it's kind of like everyone's like, oh, she should write him a check. But I, I need back pay. Yeah, bitch. but I don't. I don't know how. Like, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't know how she could sue him for because it's like said. I feel like the more you get into it, you understand why maybe her or her, um, like whoever was like the publisher changed the name because if his name was literally in it, I feel like then he would have a lot of grounds to sue her and stuff like that. But because mm. it's about a Gregory Madison. You know, I don't think you can say, like, defamation of character or I don't know what you can say. Right, that's what I was saying. She didn't use his name. Yeah. So it was just like, it's not like she was, like, aired this nigga out and made it about him. Yeah, maybe out of good faith. Like I said, we don't know what conversations they've had privately. Maybe out of good faith. She'll write him a check, like I said. Maybe as when the book's republished and redistributed, like, some of the proceeds will go to him. But i just seen a lot of articles talking about the stark difference between like where they're living like basically like she's rich living in like a you know like a what is it not, i don't want to say a duplex it's not a duplex like a basically huge row house in san francisco very nice accommodations versus this man is still living in syracuse in a really beat up apartment like can barely you know not barely but it's getting by and all of this to basically turn the trajectory of his life is this case so it's kind of like so what do you do i feel like in reality he should be paid by the state of new york we don't know what conversations they had but she too i guess in faith like in good faith should but it's like i don't know like i don't know if she genuinely will pay this man out like we don't know her finances i mean we just felt like a bajillionaire but at the same time it's like i don't think she has a legal obligation to pay him it would have to be like out of no it was more it'd be morally yeah because i said the book doesn't have his name in it so he's not really owed any type of compensation because of the book and it is somewhat not coincidental but the i'm not saying right it's like the book is really written about him but also not him like it's like a case it's of a story yeah, yeah so it's like i don't know what it is but it's just very like a bizarre kind of like twist to look at the both ends of it because either way the man's life was ruined so somebody should really i feel like in good faith she probably should do something about it but i don't think she's like obligated to because people like on the internet are like that um she should give him like all the proceeds and give him millions and i do think that it will be a really nice gesture mm-hmm. and it, it is the right thing to do to cut him off something like i said like maybe all the books but so she can't give him all the proceeds it's spent now probably oh yeah it's been, it's been years yeah. she, never really wrote, she never really wrote a lot of anything else after that so she really is living off that money but i feel like she should either if the movie does get made he should get a lot of it as well as like she should cut him into that or like i said if they do restart publishing the book then a large percent should be cut to him of that or whatever she should just donate him a lump sum at her bank account i feel like she should do that but i don't think she has to do that she don't have to no she don't have to do nothing but she, she don't want to do yeah it would just be about morally she doesn't have to yeah but, uh, because at the end of the day it's like i think she has to grapple with that because i feel like because she is in a position now where she can help him the problem is that like how i say it like yes she made a wrong decision when she was really young but she also like is now in a position where she can repay him. So it's not like she's just some six-year-old woman, like, you know, who's on government assistance and is like, oh, I'm really, really sorry. There's nothing I can do. But she actually can do something. And mm-hmm. I think that's the part of it where it's like, a lot of people, like they said, they're like, oh, well, this, that happened to me and I'm really sorry I did this, but you can't understand the mental state I was in. But she actually can help, so. Yeah, it's... Yikesies on that one. I did not know mm-hmm. Miss Lovely Bones was problematic. It's crazy. I, I had I, no I idea. Any of this. I only saw a TikTok about it and then I literally went down the rabbit hole to um 
to figure it out. I, I literally was like, what is this? Like, it was crazy. And I didn't realize that he actually had done the same, um, not the same. He actually had done the time. So I thought that he had actually got exonerated and was in prison. But no, this man was out of prison. And then because they started the movie, he was exonerated. But he actually served the whole sentence, yeah. which is crazy. And got out and had to be on the yep. sex offender list and all that other type yeah. of Yeah, so that's shit. why I feel like I don't, know how, I don't know what the jurisdiction on that is. So lots of people get money. They were in jail and got exonerated. But because... He was out like like how I still serve the time. Though. I think they still do pay him, yeah. But I'm like, I wonder what is gonna they be. They don't the be paying. But here's the thing that pisses me off about that shit. Like I said earlier, they they will have people in jail for 25 years and then be like, "Oops, my bad, it wasn't you." And then be like, "Here go fifty thousand dollars." And it's like, no, I'm gonna yeah. need more than that. That's not enough to. To live off of. That's not a lot. If you put me in jail for 25 years or 10 years or just any type of crazy amount like that, you're going to need to make me daddy warbucks out this bitch. I better never have to work again, nor my kids, grandchildren, anything. But they don't do that. They just throw you a couple thousand and are like, our bad. I'm like, that's not sufficient. Probably his legal system, (laughs) like the lawyers they had got him are working on something to help make it right because it's crazy yeah movie is like a lot not logical like a moral catch-22 because morally alice should do something to right this wrong because she has the capacity to do it when a lot of people don't but she literally legally does not have to she up in san francisco living her best life yeah because i don't think she and the thing is i what i will say about that is she i don't think she did that maliciously i don't I don't think she did it on purpose, but if I was the person you did it to, I wouldn't really give a fuck whether or not it was on purpose. The the exactly. point stands that y- you accused me of something that I didn't do, and I was in jail, and then people were calling me a set. And then aside from the legal stuff, that you can't get that like exactly it's like you can't like get that stench off you. Once somebody, it's almost like somebody accusing you of being a pedophile, and you know you're not. And then, but once it once somebody says it, it won't go away. You know, exactly. like yeah, and it's always going to be somebody out here there who thinks exactly. Well, maybe they did and it's, it's crazy because, like I said, even though he's been exonerated, he really does have one life, and he's lived the majority of his life as a sex offender now. Mm-hmm. So the idea that people will suddenly be like, "Oh, I'm real sorry, Anthony," like the damage is done. Like he said, he had a hard time making friends. Like not friends, but yeah, adult friends. No one would invite him over. He said he's been invited to people's hands, houses a handful of times in like the 40 years he's been like free or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like basically nobody wanted anything to do with him because he was a sex offender. Like he was marked as a rapist. I mean, I'm not and, gonna lie. And that's there. Like I said, like he has no type of friends. Like he has no type of adult relationships, never had kids, never had nothing. Like his parents are probably dead by now. And it's like, like I said, he, a lot of people probably are like, oh, like, you know, in his community started to happen to him, but he, he doesn't have any friends. Like people are gonna start like, Inviting him out to parties because all of a sudden he's exonerated. The damage is done. Like I'm not inviting no sex offender to a bar. I'm I saying, say yeah. even though I, I think that's what you now that it's stripped, yeah. right? At 65 or 61, now all of a sudden everyone's gonna and that's rough. Like that's really, really rough. He never. It's he said even like I said he's 61. I can't even have kids even if he wanted to. So it's, he could. He just gotta find him a little young baddie. But well, you know he has a wife. He doesn't want it. And like I said, that, oh. that <laughs> his wife did like I said she believed him and nobody else did. She stepped beside him. So you know that's kind of oh. like the one. That's like a shining light and all that it is and then she believed him and all that stuff she definitely believed him and, and stuck beside him and supported him 
So, and, and you, know, you know what the crazy thing about that is, though? Because people are probably looking at her crazy, too. Absolutely. Like, why, would you, date her, why yeah. would you date a sex offender type shit? Probably gossip. I, shit, that would have been me. And why the crazy would, thing is, he didn't do it. People say if the movie was never going to be made, it probably would never happen. Like, a lot of people just forgot all about the case. Like I said, he did the time and left. So, people are like, what's there to talk about? So, the fact that Tim looked into it, but, you know, if it wasn't for him... He probably would still be a sex offender to this day, wouldn't be exonerated, and everybody would just kind of keep keep it pushing. So that's the craziest part of it is it's kind of by happenstance. Because even after he was fired, he still was hell-bent on figuring out why the book was so weird. I think a lot of people have been like, oh, fuck this, and just moved on. But he was like, something's not right here. Mm. And he hired his own investigator to kind of help this man who didn't even know, like a stranger for real, for real. So shout out to Tim because he really went above and beyond and really did change someone's life. He did. He said, I'm going to stick beside him because this ain't making no damn sense. And he really did. And I said, he was removed from the movie, so that came out of his own pockets, and he did it all. So that's crazy. Mm -hmm. All right, then. Well, yeah. God damn, that was a good episode. Thanks. I like that one. Really? I like that story. Maybe I'll try to look up a few little yeah, other things. Yeah, man. Some some spicy when we come back. Yeah, when we come back. Some spicy. So yeah, we'll be back on the twelfth of January. Um, like we said earlier. In the meantime, you know, we'll see y'all. Feel free to DM us. We'll reply and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Um. But we're Cognac Conspiracies on Instagram. We're Cognac Conspiracies at gmail.com. And we will see y'all later. See you later. Bye. Bye. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Have a good one. Yes. Bye. Bye.